0: Today we bring you the extraordinary story of a single lone goat who attempted to escape from the genocidal terror of Stalin's gulag prison camps. In January 1946, in the depths of winter, one goat decided to break free of the barbed wire fences and to attempt to walk across the length of the Soviet Union to freedom. But now, back to the very earliest days, to the humble beginnings of this unlikely escapee. The goat was born on the farm of a simple family of Ukrainian peasants in 1928. His mother was a milking goat and his father was next winter's mutton. The young goat showed promise at an early age and by 18 was at university and published a dissident newspaper criticising the regime's conduct during the Great Patriotic War. Victory had come to the nation, and at what cost? And what about the Red Army's conduct on German soil? Had the Russian peoples not given up even more of their freedoms? The goat asked. Me, me, me. He quickly came to the attention of the MGB, the Ministry for State Security. On his way to class, he was bundled into a black car and taken to a prison where he shared cells with the worst of the USSR's criminal underbelly. Look, fresh goat. Me. He was tortured at length by his captors, who demanded to know what else, who else had been involved in the publishing of his dissident paper, and whether or not he had any contacts in the West.
1: Have you ever been to occupied Berlin? Who else was involved
0: in
2: the publishing of your dissident papers?
0: Do you have any contacts in the West? Talk! Tell us everything you know! But the goat refused to denounce anyone. He was sentenced to 50 years hard labor. He was sent to Sakhalin Island, home of some of the worst and most feared labor camps in the entire gulag system. According to his original sentence, he would be due to be released in 1996.
1: You are here because you have been accused of publishing a dissident newspaper. (coughs) There is no defense. Your guilt and sentence have already been determined.
0: He spent months on transports, stopping and starting along the Trans-Siberian Railway, often locked in a cattle car with little water, no place to sit down and not enough to eat. He was forced to soil himself as the buckets for human waste were full. (coughs) On the primitive coal ship that took him from the mainland, far north of Vladivostok, to Sakhalin Island, he was locked below decks on a large open area, unsupervised by guards. His fellows included political prisoners like himself, but also some of the worst of the worst, the Soviet Union's irredeemable criminal underclass, career thugs and members of organized crime. They were painted in tattoos that told of their lurid pasts in garish code and scarred with the brutal and unforgiving lifestyles they had led. They would gamble to pass the time, and, having few possessions of their own, would bet with the very bodies of the prisoners around them as their capital. I bet the shirt off my back.
1: You have already lost the shirt off your back.
0: Then I bet the fur of
2: that goat. I will shave him down to nothing, and you can have his soft silky wool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Go ahead, then. Roll the dice. Damn. Snake eyes. Well, time to pay up. Fair is fair. I'll
0: get you my bet. But even worse, the goat was repeatedly sexually abused in the dark hold of that accursed, rusting ship. The criminals proved their dominance over weaker individuals by tearing from them their dignity and their self esteem. It was clear to the goat that he would never be safe again. Yeah, my turn next. How
1: do you like that, goat? How do you like that?
0: The goat arrived to in a shattered, trembling shell of his former self. But his life as a prisoner was just beginning. Every day in the snow and in temperatures sometimes reaching minus 30, he would be sent out to break rocks and perform other useless tasks merely so that his sentence could live up to its name, hard labour. <coughs> Many years previously, thousands of prisoners had died constructing for Stalin a canal that served no real purpose and would never be used. Such was the lot of the Gulag prisoner. But for the goat, the budding flowers of freedom, of renewed self-worth and self-determination, still burned within its heart. (coughs) The goat was well behaved. He was not known as a troublemaker. Every day he obediently cracked the ice in the flimsy bath shed and washed his face with frigid water. Every day he swallowed the slop that was served. He did not start fights. Often his food was stolen and his ribs began to show, but still he did not fight back. The guards turned a blind eye to every wrong done to him and, if they were in a foul mood, committed new wrongs on him themselves. No one wanted to be out in those god-forsaken places, neither criminal nor guard. Everyone had frustrations to relieve.
1: Did you look at me, goat? Did you look at me?
0: <coughs> I saw you!
1: Take this! <coughs> and this! But the...
0: <coughs> but the goat's reputation for calm and reliability earned him a position in the camp library, which was really little more than two shelves of rotting books. Even though librarian was a role that only took up one hour a week, it meant one hour a week when the goat was not doing hard labor. As such, the chance to be librarian was coveted. The goat knew that someone would try and take the position from him, men would kill for it, and it was only a matter of time. As the inmates often had contact with a few of the nearby villagers who sold them vodka and trinkets, the goat told his guards that he had learned of a new volume in the village, a volume that would be of benefit to the prisoners, a book on work ethic, written by Stalin himself. Stalin. The guards were not educated sorts. It was because they were bottom of the barrel that they had been sent to their duties on Sakhalin, which was freezing in the winter and foggy and mosquito infested in summer. They did not know that Stalin had never written such a book as the goat described, but when the goat said he could retrieve the book if just taken to town, the guards agreed, and one was sent to accompany him.
1: All right, goat, let's go.
0: They walked down the lonely, frozen road together. The guard smoked along the way, but did not offer the goat a puff. They exchanged only a few words. Called out,
1: this winter is going to be a bad one.
0: The goat had with him a bread sack. He had brought it so that he could carry the book back, and also because the guard was hoping to buy some cheese and vodka in the town for himself and his comrades. On a particularly lonely stretch of road, when the guard had become accustomed to his unassuming, well-behaved prisoner, the goat struck. He took the twisted bread bag and wrapped it around the guard's neck from behind. He pulled hard and held with all his might, waiting until the last of the strength had vanished from the hated
3: guard.
0: With that, The goat took the guard's boots and cigarettes and fled. His feet were still shackled, and he had no way of taking the shackles off as the key was back at the camp, but he ran as quickly as he could manage. He knew no one would start looking for him until nightfall. Even then they might allow him and the guard some extra time to return, thinking the goat such a harmless criminal and such a weakling that his lateness might be expected. He found an untended fishing boat, little more than a rowboat really, and he pushed his way out into the tumultuous and terrifying waters of the Strait of Tartary.
1: This sure is an interesting documentary. Yeah.
3: That goat should have a day named after him. Goat
1: Day. I am bored. Really? Disembodied alien intelligence?
0: Yes, I require distraction. Something stimulating. I do not care about goat documentaries. Okay, you
1: pulsating,
2: hyper-intelligent, amorphous cloud. Let's play a game, then. Just, uh... Don't let the game take too long. I don't want to miss too much of this goat documentary.
4: This is Lance Hendrickson, and I hate the role-playing hour because... I. They're chewing off my face. Okay,
3: so a game. Okay, let's play something fun, then. Uh, Naked Uno? No, Clutterbuck,
0: you always win Naked Uno. Entertain me. I have beheld the spinning dance of atoms and the burning brilliance of supergiant suns. I have watched the very moment of life formed in a primordial jelly, and I have borne witness to entire species destroying themselves and their worlds in nuclear war. I want you to do something at least... Twice as good as those things I just mentioned. Uh, we could play celebrity heads. What is this... Celebrity heads!
1: Well, I take a card and I write the name of a famous figure on it like this, then I put it on the front of a hat and give it to the DM, see? He can't see who he is, but he's gonna have to guess.
2: (laughs) the DM gave everyone typhoid. Ooh, am I John
1: Holmes? Shh, you don't guess yet, and Clutterbuck, here's one for you. Aww, why does Clutterbuck
3: get to be a princess of pop known for outlandish costumes? Ah, am
1: I Eminem? And now we put one on your... oh... I do not have a head! Yeah.
0: I am just pulsating gas and ambient genius.
1: Yeah, well, maybe I'll just write it on a card and leave it over here. It's all the same.
0: I have 360-degree vision that works in several spectrums and magnifications. If you write on that card, I will be able to detect the heat signature of what you write, and I will be able to read what my celebrity is. Well, just close your eyes, then. I have no eyes. You may as well ask me to switch off my genius, which would be impossible. Well, why don't I think of a celebrity and whisper it to the other guy? Extremely acute hearing. Of course. In fact, I would see the molecules vibrate in the air.
1: Okay, well, why don't I just tell the other guys in code with an in-joke only they will get, so they will know who you are and you won't.
0: Very well. Attempt to fool me with your primitive intelligences.
1: It was the recession we had to have. Oh. Okay, disembodied alien intelligence, you go first. You ask questions about who you are, and we'll answer yes or no. You have to narrow it down and guess based on a process of elimination.
2: And, uh, um, can we, uh, hurry the game up? I've been egg-bound for three days, and I suddenly feel an urge to have a process of elimination.
0: Very well. Do I suck other planets and stars into me? Um, no. Hmm. Is my body crystalline in
1: structure? No, look, we're hoping for something a bit closer to home.
0: Very well. Am I carbon-based? Do I photosynthesize? No, look, you're one of
1: the celebrities here. You're a famous figure from Earth, a human.
0: But I am not familiar with any human celebrities. Am I you? Are you a celebrity? No, you must know some celebrities. Very well. Celebrities are public figures, is that correct? From primitive, two- and three-dimensional motion pictures and what passes for your almost bacterial level of public life. That is correct.
1: You could be any noteworthy public figure from past or present.
0: Very well. I am the female of your species who imbibes an inflammable nicotine-rich herb through her sex organ. What? I am that one, the one you worship and adore. What are you talking about? It is a famous figure. I saw the DM watching it in a film, so the figure is famous. (coughs) Oh, well, I I was...
3: uh, I I was watching Emmanuel. I didn't know he could see me. He's talking about... He's talking about the scene where the stripper smokes a cigarette through her vagina.
1: Okay, so disembodied alien intelligence, you're asking whether the famous figure we have you listed as in Celebrity Heads is the stripper who smokes a cigarette through her vagina in Emmanuel.
0: That is correct! One of your most renowned and beloved icons of humankind. (sighs) The answer
1: is no. No, you are not the stripper in Emmanuel who smokes a cigarette through her vagina.
0: Am I the cigarette?
2: No, look, you're not anyone from Emmanuel. But
0: those are the only Earth celebrities I know!
2: Um, uh, uh, can I borrow your Emmanuel DVD, DM?
0: Uh sure, Clutterbuck. Am I this male here? What male? Depicted here in this printed-out sheet you no doubt use for worship. No,
1: that's just a Target catalogue. He's just some guy modelling boxer shorts. You print out his image and place it in the home.
0: He must be a celebrity.
1: No, he's not a celebrity. I have no idea who he is. You're not a model for frumpy underwear from a Target catalogue.
0: Am I? That dog, out the window, is that dog a celebrity? No, look, you're Paul
2: Keating. Who is Paul Keating? He was Prime Minister of Australia. Who is Australia? What do you mean? Don't be silly. Wait, wait, answer him, Jim. I'm excited to hear the answers to these questions.
0: I am new to this planet. I do not know your Keatings or Australias. How many cigarettes did Australia smoke through its sex organ? It must have been many, for I have seen how fame is made on your world. No, look, look, just let's fucking watch this goat
2: documentary. Was it 12? What? Did Australia smoke 12 cigarettes in its fanny?
1: You know what Australia is, Clutterbuck. Yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) of course
0: (laughs) yeah let's just watch the damn show but the Red Army was on manoeuvres in Vladivostok and the Soviet Navy was having war games in the Sea of Japan the GOAT would not be able to flee to freedom that way tension between Chinese communists and the Chinese Republic meant that borders to the communist USSR were tightly patrolled and China was unlikely to accept any refugees besides, China itself had also been ravaged by war no. If the goat wanted to reach democracy and the West and find asylum, it would have to take the long way. And so, having broken the chain of his shackles with a rock, the goat set out back the way he came and towards Mongolia. <coughs> the goat trekked and trekked tirelessly far from the railway, avoiding civilization and potential capture. He knew that by now the authorities would be scouring the countryside for him. In Mongolia... He happened across Mongolian nomadic shepherds living the traditional lifestyle, and he was sheltered by them for a time under the wide Mongolian skies and the endless, featureless steppes. Would you like some yak's milk? <coughs> The goat began to wander the mountainous region of what is now modern Kyrgyzstan, eventually circling towards the Himalayas. The goat climbed higher and higher through punishing terrain until he came to a small Tibetan monastery.
3: Ah, noble goat, welcome to our monastery. You have shown much courage and endurance to reach this place. I can see the, the strength of spirit is strong in you. <laughs> But all things are impermanent, and many things are illusion, and in this world the only truth is suffering. I'm afraid you cannot cross the Himalayas in this place, and the country beyond India has just gained independence and is in great turmoil, particularly in the north. You are so close, my friend goat, but so far. If you truly seek freedom of body, as well as spirit, you must go back the way you came. There is still much struggling to be done, and a long road to be travelled, until you will be free. (coughs) Yes, I am just a boy, but they say I have great wisdom, although I am not sure of it myself. My name is Jetsun Jamfal Naguang Lobsang Yeshe Tenzin Gyatso. They once called me Lamo Dondrub, but we must give up many selves in this life. And my name will change again. I hope to watch over my people here in Tibet for a very long time. (coughs) (laughs) Oh, goat! that is a very funny joke. (laughs) Now, go on your way.
0: You have my blessing. And so the goat continued on, back down the mountains, through howling blizzard and biting cold, his weary hooves sliding on the stones, until eventually he was back on the plains of Kazakhstan. But he still had a very long way to go.
2: My name is Freddie Williams II, and I hate the role-playing hour because they turn
0: me into a juvenile delinquent. Somewhere near the edge of the Soviet state of Kazakhstan, the goat stumbled across a lone hut, He had no idea who might be inside. It could be a Red Army outpost for all he knew, or someone working for the government. But he was cold and starving and exhausted. He had not the strength to go on. He knew the only thing he could do was to bleat at the door. The door was answered by a young peasant woman. Hello? The woman's husband had left the year before, saying he was going to the nearest town hundreds of miles away to buy a steer, but he had never returned. She had waited for him ever since, surviving off her small farm, the crops she grew, and by trading and begging at the railway line which passed nearby and stopped to take on water, every horizon was her own.
4: My husband left the year before, saying he was going to the nearest town, hundreds of miles away, to buy a steer, but he never returned. I've waited for him ever since, surviving off our small farm, the crops I grow and by trading and begging at the railway line, which passes nearby and stops to take on water. Every empty horizon is my prison. Would you like to come in? You look terrible. Please let me fix you some broth.
0: Though she must have suspected, she didn't ask the goat about his past.
4: You look like you've travelled a long way. I get so lonely out here. I just wish I knew. My husband, is he dead? Did he run away? Is he sick somewhere?
0: <laughs> the peasant girl was not one to complain when alone, and she felt embarrassed for her sudden outburst now that a stranger had appeared.
4: I'm sorry. Look at me getting tears all over your wool.
0: As the days passed, the goat's strength recovered. The peasant girl barely had enough food for herself, but she shared with this stranger. Did she suspect him of being a criminal? A runaway? If so, she never said anything.
4: Look at that sunset. Look at those horizons. Every day out there, nothing. Just empty sky and vacant earth. Every day I used to wonder if I would see him, if my husband would appear on one of those horizons coming home. But now I go whole weeks without thinking of it. When we married, I thought we would be so happy. I said goodbye to my home, to all my friends.
3: No.
4: I suppose we're all prisoners in our own skins. We're all prisoners to the need for sustenance, and prisoners to age. Prisoners to the earth that supports us, prisoners to the basic needs everyone shares. No. You know, in the old days, there would be women who would lock themselves in the cellars of churches. They, they were called anchoresses. They would go into these little cells, and the priests would say prayers over them and pour ash on their heads. It was like they were all attending a funeral. Then the cells would be bricked up with the women inside. She would only have one little window to the street so she could beg passers-by for food, and one little window to the church so she could watch Sunday Mass. People would come by and stoop down at her little window, too small for anyone to climb in or out and ask for advice, because she was supposed to be wise and holy, locked in there all day, in the dark, apart from the world. And you know what they said she was doing? Huh? They said she was questing for Jerusalem. She was looking for Jerusalem, there in her cell, looking for the holy city. This was in the age of the Crusades, when men from all walks of life would sell everything so they could fight their way to the real Jerusalem, and most of them would die along the way. Jerusalem in earth and Jerusalem in heaven. The twofold city. The men would be fighting and killing and dying, and there she would be, in her tiny cell in the dark, all of them looking for Jerusalem. (coughs) Here, have some more broth.
0: Soon the goat's strength was restored, but he did not want to leave.
4: Goat? "'Are you all right? You look like you want to say something.' "'No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to pry. I'll just be out in the field if you need to find me.'
0: The goat began to help her in the field, ploughing, digging up root vegetables, scattering seeds. All day they worked and then slept like babies after their exertions. The sun rose and the sun set on the featureless land. One day the planting was done and they found themselves alone in the hut, With nothing to do.
4: Goat, I... (coughs) You know you can stay as long as you...
0: (coughs) That night, they gave in to their natural urges.
4: (coughs) Oh, goat. (coughs) Oh, no, goat has ever loved me like this before. (coughs) 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 Don't stop, goat.
0: (coughs) But both of them knew it couldn't last. Within a week... At the break of dawn, as the sun rose huge on that horizon, the two of them stood by the door of the hut.
4: Goodbye, my friend. (laughs) I hope you can find your Jerusalem,
0: just as I hope I can find mine. And so the goat renewed his trek across the vast expanse of Russia. (laughs) Enough of this goat documentary! Fine, what do you want to play? Let's play Connect
2: Four. (laughs) And I have three yellows in a row. Your turn, disembodied alien
0: intelligence. There! I win! What? You haven't even put a single red piece in yet. How have you connected four? Oh, I thought the aim was to entangle them on a quantum level. Mmm, oh, uh, guess who? Is your caricature on a sticker? Uh, yes. Does your person have a moustache? Yes. Is your caricature colored with artificial mineral pigments that are made to resemble the color of the human skin according to the limited spectral range of the human eye? Mmm, yes. Does your guy have glasses? Yes. Is your caricature lacking a third dimension?
3: Yes. (gasps) Are you Reginald?
0: Yes. Damn it! How are you so good at this? I'm not playing this stupid game. Fine, we'll play something
3: else then. We could play the game of life. (laughs) (sighs) There, I created some. I win. That's not... That's not how you play the game of life, disembodied alien intelligence. Besides, game of life sucks. We're playing something else.
1: We could play pin the tail on the donkey.
0: Yes, that sounds good. Let us affix tails to donkeys. Let us affix tails to all life forms. It shall be amusing.
2: (gasps) He gave me
0: a tail. My fondest wish come true.
3: No, don't magic up tails on everybody. That's not the aim of the game at all.
1: You see, I take this tail which has a pin on it, over there is a picture of a donkey on the wall. Now I put this blindfold on and I have to try and put the tail in the right spot. Now I'll just put the tail right.
2: Ugh, Jim just vomited all over the donkey.
0: Oh, uh, what the hell happened? Oh, that will be the life I created. Yes, it was a fairly basic bacteria. Ugh, why do I feel so... Jim, you may want to go to a hospital and have a localized blast of high energy neutron radiation to the sternum. The life I created is very hardy. Why would you? Very rugged little life forms, if I do say so myself. I am very good at the game of life. How was the hospital, primitive human being known as Jim? They said I had a completely new type of
1: pathogen in my body. They're flying in a team of scientists to study what they pumped out of my stomach. They said that if it turned out to be a new strain of salmonella, they'll name it after me. I have to change my name. Such is the game of life. Wait, does that donkey still have puke on it? He who
2: splashes it washes it, Jim. But I was in the hospital for like three weeks. Three weeks of us waiting for you to clean up your mess. I am still bored of your petty world. Let's play I Spy. I say the first letter of what I see and you have to guess what it is. Like, I spy my little eyes, I'm beginning with D. And you might say, the DM.
0: And you'd be right. Very well. I spy with my magnificent intelligence because it's better than an eye because eyes are primitive and poorly put together with many flaws left over from earlier evolutionary processes. Something beginning with M. Uh, magnet? One of the magnets on the fridge. No, M and T.
3: It's two words, actually. M and T. Oh, magic trick? Clutterbuck's box
1: of magic tricks over there. No, it is something Clutterbuck has, though. Um... Empty. An empty head? No. Good guess, Jim. Thinking outside the box.
3: Uh, 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 mystical transvestitism.
2: No, I give up. Tell us.
1: Yeah, I give up too. Tell us what it is.
2: You'll lose. I am the master. Just tell us what it is, disembodied alien intelligence. I
0: am better than all of you. My eyes have the most spy, you puny worms. Just tell us what it is. It is that malignant tumor on Clutterbuck's liver there. What? You're saying you can't see that? It's so obvious. It's right on his liver there, about the size of an apple. It is metastasizing, and new tumorous lumps are beginning to form in his lungs, brain, and bone marrow. Uh, guys, what's a malignant tumour?
2: Is that some kind of musical instrument? Did I a musical instrument by accident? Um. Um. <sighs> Listeners, can you think of a game
3: we might play with the disembodied alien intelligence? A game that will keep him... Entertained. Why don't you call in and play with him yourself by dialing 83135000? Or if you're a chicken, message on our Facebook wall. Just look for the role playing hour on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash the role playing hour. R O L E. You're listening to the disembodied alien intelligence Jim Clutterbuck and the DM here on the role playing hour on Radio Adelaide Digital Radio online and 101.5 FM. Our old episodes are available as podcasts on our WordPress page. There are more than nine solid days of Roleplaying Hour up there now, with all the songs and a lot of the mistakes taken out. So if you're bored at work, listen. We've nearly caught up to, we're only about 20 episodes behind today's show. The address is roleplayinghour.wordpress.com. But right now, call in on 831 five thousand or write us a message on our Facebook page, Telling us how we can entertain a disembodied alien with godlike power and intelligence. This is Coran and I hate the role playing hour because they're too lowbrow. For real comedy, look for my web series Starving. You may particularly enjoy the episode where David Faustino and I kill Gilbert Godfrey's retarded son. Now, I do want to apologize. <clears throat> The railway line does not stop to take on water. A train stops to take on water. Sometimes in this in this high-paced world of radio, we don't have time to check over our sentences as much as we should. That one was my fault, folks. A train stops to take on water. <sighs> Maybe we could just re-record those lines, put them in the podcast or something. Anyway, so we're here. And is there anything on the Facebook wall? Why, yes, there is. So, uh, the podcast for this is going to be great in, like, five years. It's going to be so dated. Facebook! Who
1: uses Facebook? I know. We should start using, like, MySpace or something. Mm, but I think we've got early <laughs> episodes where we recommend our MySpace page from years ago. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, we have um, a, a comment from Jordan, <clears throat> who I have to say, I think he might be psychic. Because he's answered the question half an hour before you asked the question. <laughs> what am I thinking right now, Jordan? Oh, he got it. I might have to wait for the comment to look. Right, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, he says, does the alien like retro games? Maybe you should just park him in front of a Commodore Amiga.
0: <gasps> mm. That sounded like a, a, a an evil
1: barb
3: of some kind.
0: It did. I do not believe that I could be entertained by such primitive technology. Bear in mind, I have for my own entertainment watched the collapse of entire galaxies.
1: Mm, it's like Pong, but with stars. Ooh. <laughs> um, oops. Okay, we have another comment from Bobby. Bobby. Uh, Bobby. It's a girl mm. named Bobby. Hmm. Um, Bobby says maybe a card game like Cards Against Humanity. Totally worth it. I have actually played Cards Against Humanity. It is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I would explain it, but it's lame when you explain it. You just have to play it. <laughs> Isn't it just like you get two cards and it makes a situation? Oh, there's like there's a pile of question cards and a pile of answer cards, and everybody gets ten answer cards, and they're fucking hilarious answers. And then you pull out a question, and you put down an answer card to answer that question, and whoever gets the funniest one wins a point, and That's you go around. And... When I was a teenager, we used to play Trivial
3: Pursuit like that and, and laugh our asses off at... at- what? Four in the morning, because we were that lame. But, you know, they get funnier as you go along. As, you... as, as the night progresses mm. onwards.
1: Okay. Mm. Pre-drugs, yeah. pre-alcohol.
3: Innocent, fun time.
1: <laughs> yep. Um Anyway, we also have a comment from Ben. Make the alien play a game of pinball that can last forever if you have the skill. Or play who can be the quietest for the longest.
3: That's true. He will be so skilled at any game like pinball that he would never lose. So he'd just be kept in some... sort. That's a genius, genius idea.
1: Who wrote that? Ben, was it? Ben. Ben, you're a genius. He also said, or go out and play chicken with the traffic. The only problem I see with that is he's a gaseous... Mm, Disembodied thing. Yeah, so... That's actually, yeah. If
3: if we had a prize, which we don't, uh, we could look for them, but I think they're quite... Strict mm. <laughs> rules about that sort of thing. We used to, back in the day, we used to have sponsors. We used to have crappy D&D magazines and things that we could give away yeah, from you know, local like a, shops. A
2: crappy local city, other. We, yeah, we should it, find,
3: yeah, we should find someone it, who will give us stuff if we're allowed to do Anyway, so put <clears> your address idea.
2: On, on our wall and we'll but, send stuff to you.
3: Uh, speaking of prizes, you know. There are, everyone knows we always we talk about subscribing and we talk about the different prizes and every month they change and sometimes they're good sometimes they're not as appealing depending on who you are because some of them are targeted of very specific interests the one today the one this month is pretty damn good it's, it's
0: the uh, best I've ever seen it's the
3: best I've ever seen in <laughs> nine years of working here
0: I disagree there is no prize no one can have any prize do not call yes. in and attempt to win any prize there is uh, nothing to win for you
3: all of us here would like to win it it's a golden we, we can't but it, I don't I don't know if we can, anyway. A golden <laughs> ticket to the Adelaide Festival. This includes a double pass to all, all Adelaide Festival shows. It's valued at up to $5,000. Oh, all
1: festivals this year.
3: A double tick, double pass what? to all festival shows. All of them.
1: Wow. As in the Adelaide Festival. Adelaide Festival. Not like every festival. Not every festival. No, no. That, that happens. <laughs> no. Every
3: It'll festival work. in the whole world. To win that amazing prize, all you need to do is uh, subscribe to the station this month it costs $52 a year a 26 concession which isn't much in addition to that you support you support the station that you know it's a community station supported by the community you get a magazine sent out to you with all the latest info about what's going on here uh, interesting stuff in there sometimes and um yeah you can it's a first step if you want to you know become a radio person yourself you got to start by subscribing so uh, to subscribe just go into the station during business hours or call the station during business hours 83135000 you can ask for more information on our Facebook page, and we'll give it to you. Or uh, look for the website, give you links to subscribe, but it'll probably just tell you to call the station during business hours. It's 8313-5000. If you mention us, we'll give you a prize as well, which is a Duckling Forest mascot.
1: <clears throat> but yes, well, yes that's a good surprise. prize. Or well, maybe Five the grand. piece of spittle that just came flying yes, across the room at me. That was
3: my prize to Jim. <laughs> uh, that's how excited I am. I'm ejaculating from my mouth. So, I feel jealous. Now, uh, we'll be back with you after this musical break.
0: This is Jonathan Frakes, and I hate the role-playing hours so much that whenever I hear it, I want to eject my warp core. The goat could have gone south, perhaps towards Iran or Afghanistan, but as it got closer to western Russia, it felt the old lure of home. At age 13, he had been taken from his home and moved east of the Ural Mountains to Magnitogorsk. The Soviets had relocated some of their factories there to keep them safe from the advancing Germans during the Great Patriotic War. And during the war years, the goat, though just a boy, had to serve his country by working 12-hour shifts at the blast furnace. After that, he had gone to school in Moscow. He had not seen his family in the post-war chaos. Should he not see them again before he escaped the Soviet Union? Should he not perhaps take his family with him? Doggedly, He walked on. Despite some near misses, he had miraculously managed to avoid the authorities, but now he was going to more heavy populated
3: areas.
0: (laughs) When the goat did finally make it to the Ukraine, he found a land he did not recognize. It was a land still scarred by the war of a few years earlier. Entire villages were missing. Nearly 9 million Soviet citizens had died in the war, and nearly 15 million had been wounded. The advancing Germans had destroyed everything in their paths, murdering entire townships in their drive to wipe what they had called the Bolshevik threat from the earth. When the goat went looking for his village, he found it simply wasn't there. There was not even anything to mark where it had been. A child in a nearby town spoke to him.
2: If you look over there, you can still see burnt down tanks. If you walk south a little, there are whole fields full of shell casings and bullets and helmets. You can walk away with a suitcase full of that stuff. It's great. <laughs> yes, yes, I was alive during the war. Well, I was I was born near the end of the war. Then, Then my family moved back here, but all that stuff lying on the ground, that's how we defended our country. That's how our patriots fought. It's great. If you go to dig something you can find all sorts of things.
1: Now now, son, don't trouble this here goat. Goat, what did you come here looking for? I think I recognize you. You were from that village down the road, right?
3: <coughs>
1: they all stayed. We got out just in time. It was hell. German planes bombing refugees on the road. German troops closing in around us like a noose. You never knew if danger was in front or behind or all around you. <coughs> you know where hardy people here we survived well i don't mind saying it and besides there are no secret police or party members here are there unless you're one but looking at you i suspect otherwise we survived the great terror famine of thirty two and thirty three you were young but you might remember stalin let four million of us die. Useless mouths we were. We were told we had to collectivize, work for the party, and not for ourselves. But they botched it. Some grain was unharvested, and some was left to rot in the stores, while all pe- all around people died of starvation by the hundreds every day. It was because of who we are, goat. It was because we are Ukrainians and not Russians. The Soviet dream is for the Russians, not for us. They wanted to kill us all. <coughs> But still we survived. Some of us survived. Almost half as many of us had died as would Soviet citizens during the whole war but we had lived through that famine. Me, your village, we made it. You were safest in those days if you were small, and nobody, a tiny community, out of Stalin's gaze. Then you weren't such an important cog in his plans to build an industrial juggernaut. And then, and then the war came, and we took the brunt of it, and the Germans came, and they wanted us dead just for being us. Nearly seven million more of us they took, burned entire villages, shot and gassed innocent people, just because they weren't German. People, goats, they killed them all. Your family is out there, under the grass. All of them are together there in one big grave. We haven't marked it yet because we can't think of a monument that is profound enough. We don't know how to mark a loss that huge. What are you? Are you eating the hem of my shirt? Stop! Stop eating the hem of my shirt! Get out of it, you stupid goat!
0: So the Goltz's whole family was dead. His whole family had been erased. First his own regime had tried to kill him, then the Germans had come in to finish the job. Where could he find friends? But he had to escape. Whatever happened, it would be down to him now, and him alone, and only he would take the blame. He made his way towards the West. He would go to where he knew the West was waiting. In Berlin. He had been making his escape from Sakhalin when Churchill declared that an iron curtain had fallen over Europe. The goat would have to butt his head against that iron curtain if he was to finally be free.
1: I'm glad they're repeating this goat documentary. I missed the end before.
0: I repeat, I am still bored. You guys are lame. Lame to the max. You have... God-like powers. How can you be bored? I want to do something fun. I want you to entertain me. Demonstrate to me this human thing called love.
2: (sighs) No, we we, we
3: won't do that. We should do what Ben suggested because it was so amazing, but within me I can feel a different urge, overpowering sense and reason. We could introduce you to our ultimate game, our best game, the best game in the world, the one we've been saving. Odd, yes? Yes, it's called... Tabletop fantasy role-playing games. Oh, they're like Dungeons and Dragons, GURPS, MERP, Fatal Role Master. (gasps) You make up a character and have imaginary adventures in a made-up fantasy world. You get to play out being someone else. A whole imaginary life.
0: I was playing as someone else on your world, but then he got killed by a meth addict. Besides, I am fabulous. Why would I want to play out someone else? I have something
1: important to tell you about this Earthward Fabulous. No, 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 you go in dungeons. You fight
3: dragons. You wander a land of elves and swords. There are traps. You fight and get a lot of experience. I'm the dungeon master, so I get to make up the story, but you play out heroes of the story. It'd be nothing without you. (laughs) And we use dice to check what happens, if any choice could have a variable outcome. I play a dwarf. Feces. He thinks... He thinks feces sounds like a made-up fantasy wizard's name. He doesn't know what
1: it means. Razzle-dazzle, abracadabra, feces, herpes, shazam! I may be responsible for telling him that was a magic word, but in my defense, I didn't actually expect him to ever believe me.
0: I believe I observed you playing this game when I was in my Keith form, before my Keith form was killed by a meth addict. That's right, we used to play every Saturday and we never invited uh, Keith to join. Hmm.
3: <laughs> let me see the rules to this game. That's- Great. (laughs) Now that you're cool, you can play. It can go on forever. It never has to end. You can have a whole life in the game, and if you die, you just get resurrected or make up a new character, and the story continues. Always adventure. Dungeons. Fighting. Heroism. Daring. It's a game without end. You can do anything. The best game of all. It's in your head. Adventure is never far away when you're playing games like D&D.
2: You can't escape adventure.
3: The game itself is like magic!
2: Hey, presto, Cloaca Joaca, menstruational fallicio, Spermozoa! Here are the rules! Naha, uh-huh. naha, uh-huh. I have read them!
3: Even all the monsters' manuals and the appendices? you didn't even open the book. I do not need to open the book. My
0: powers transcend hardbacks. Oh. And yes, we shall play. Oh,
4: great.
0: Have you ever considered that all you young human males do your whole lives and with all your free time is play games? Video games, card games, role playing games, board games, sports, all you do is play games wasting your time and adding nothing to your biome, living
1: in fantasy. Yes, because it's fun.
0: Have you ever considered that you are all prisoners of your games, that you are strangled by them, that your games suck out all your potential, and that without them you could be doing other, better, greater things, and becoming greater people? Yeah, well, no, not really. And this Dungeons & Dragons game you speak of sounds somewhat like the imaginary realm of Hades described by your ancient Greeks, the Hades in which Sisyphus suffers. I read about that in the Grimoire of the Plains there, Dungeons & Dragons Expansion 14b. But very well, we shall play if that is what you want. You can be there. You can live that life. For real, and forever, let us go. Uh, what are you talking about, Mr. Floating Fart Cloud? I am not a fart cloud! I am saying that I have the ability to create worlds and to shift realities. Well, really, that's a dungeon master's job. Now it is my job. I will imprison you all in Dungeons & Dragons world. Just like in the 80s cartoon! No, but I want to watch the end of the goat docu. <sighs> And trapped in blockaded Berlin, the goat finally struggled on board the cargo plane that had just delivered supplies during the Berlin airlift. Plane after plane was coming and going, keeping the population of the divided city alive. There was no time to waste, and the plane took off from the runway to make room for another. The goat was soon leaving the earth far behind. He was in allied airspace. He was free. Overcome with emotion, all the goat could do was bleat. <coughs> Ten years later, in his London apartment, the goat began to type out his memoirs. He wanted to record his extraordinary story for the ages, his tale of escape from death and oppression, his journey towards hope. His book was published and was a huge success and won him international acclaim. Until, in 1991, after the Berlin Wall had fallen and when the goat was 63, a reporter went rummaging through the Soviet archives. Hang on. But how can the goat have been here when the file says he was here? Was he in two places at once? The evidence mounted, and the goat was confronted.
1: Mr. Goat, I have clear documentation from the former Soviet archives that proves you were not where you said you were during certain times in your memoirs. In fact, according to the files, you were never sentenced to the gulag at all. Meh. It doesn't matter that you're old, and I will not leave you alone because this is history. Mm. So, what if your story gave hope to thousands? History needs to be built on an edifice of truth, or we could be doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. You have made yourself a hero your whole life and happily lived with that image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Goat, according to these reports, you spend the years of 1946 to 1948 working for the Soviet secret police. You worked for the Ministry of State Security. It is corroborated by many memos. You ran afoul of them, it seems, in 1948 for reasons that are not entirely clear.
3: <makes noise>
1: I will not let it drop, Mr. Goat. The public deserves to know. You won't pull the wool over their eyes any longer. <makes noise> uh- I'm not doing this to you, I'm doing this for history.
0: Was the goat's story true? Was it a case of mistaken identity? Or did the goat really work for the MKB? And if so, what did he do to earn their wrath? What did he need to escape? Some rumors claimed it was due to a forbidden love affair. Others that he had beaten an important prisoner to death. Others that he had simply got drunk and fallen asleep on the job. The years after the reporter's allegations were published, the goat was found drowned in the Thames. Its death was declared a suicide but accident was never ruled out and some whispered that the KGB or irate displaced ethnic Russians or Ukrainians may have been responsible. Like so many aspects of the goat's extraordinary life, his final moments remain shrouded in mystery. That is all from us. Good night. Tune in next week for our amazing story, Chickens in Sarajevo, How Four Cocks Escaped the Siege.